Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So this morning, we are here to continue our sermon series on relationship under attack. Relationship under attack. I think we are on the third or fourth Sunday on this series. And I know I keep hearing some feedback so the feedbacks, uh, feedback is telling that you know, there are certain areas they are not sure, they did not know, but God is opening their eyes to see those areas. Through those doors, enemy is entering into our lives and our churches. And this morning I believe that God may open our eyes to see what is happening around us. So half of the sermon is going to be informative. So just an information I just want to share to form a basis for the sermon. It's going to be a bit long sermon, just bear with me. And we will be done soon. And the second half is going to, you know, we are just going to seek the counsel of God's word. And God, what God wants us to do in this situation. And if you remember, um, before we go to the last week, I need to title this sermon this morning. We are titling the sermon as Relationship Under Attack. That's a series. And the title of the sermon this morning is Heterosexuality, What is Right With It? Heterosexuality, What is Right With It? Last week, we talked about homosexuality. And we understood what is wrong with it. From the word of God, with an understanding of God's word, we came to an understanding what is homosexuality and what is really wrong with it. And this morning, I believe, you know, you may listen to me carefully to as we, you know, as I take you through, a, you know, kind of in-depth approach towards this topic. So before we go into that, we just want to give a highlight of what we spoke last week. So if you were here last week, Probably, you know, it, it looks familiar to you, or if you listen to my sermon online, it may look familiar to you too. Our conviction on the topic of homosexuality, I'm giving a highlight of what we spoke last week. Our conviction on the topic of homosexuality, or the issue of homosexuality, is the Word of God, is the Bible. Because that's the book we believe. We believe that's the word that God has spoken. And we are basing our conviction on the word of God. That's what we did last week. And we found out marriage equality protect the gender identity and the gender expression. All families are equal. That means they reject the idea of natural family and natural parents are already law of the land. They're already here. They're already law. Homosexuality is like any other sin in the Bible because when Bible lists the, you know, the names of the sins, we find the homosexuality is found along with lying, along with anger, malice, and various other sinful activities, we find homosexuality. So when we want to deal with this topic, we need to deal with more grace and more love towards those who are involved in such activities. And you know what? heterosexuality and it's like homosexuality you know they both for many reasons they are destruction upon families you know they are the reasons for the destruction of families and cities and even many nations in the bible we come across a city named Zodom and Gomorrah and homosexuality and their pride was the reason for the whole destruction of the city 
And we also found out from the word of God, homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord and homosexuals will not enter into heaven like any other sinners may not enter into heaven. We also found out the role of the church is first to protect our families, our children from these attacks that we see today around us. And then second responsibility as a church, we need to minister to these people. We need to love them. They have a soul like we have. They have a life they like we have. You know, they want to know the truth. So we need to love them and we need to, you know, tell, open and wait for an opportunity for God to open us so that we can show the love of Christ to them. And finally, we said those who are interceding, those who are praying for such people, they are the only people, those who will be spared when the wrath of God is poured out upon the land. And we read that from the prophetical book, we found out that God is asking his angel to mark those who are intercessors. Those who are praying for such evil things that are happening around us. And God is marking their foreheads. And scripture says very clearly, you know, God is going to preserve those who are having the mark on their foreheads. The mark of the Lord. The mark of the Lord is put on their foreheads to identify them as intercessors. Who are intercessors? They pray for such evil things. They pray against such evil things. And they pray for such people, those who are involved in these evil things. Only scripture says, only those will be spared. You know, if you look at the scripture, you know, many times we wonder, I am saved. I know who Jesus Christ is. I accept Jesus Christ. He's my personal savior. But will I go to heaven? There are many scripture, they say, you know, you need to have other qualifications in order to reach heaven. One such whole qualification, word of God is talking about is, you are called to pray for others. You need to have the burden when you, you know, then there is something evil that is happening across the globe. God is asking us to pray for such things and pray against such things. At times, you know, only those who are going to be saved eventually from the eternal destruction that is about to come upon this land. So that, those are the things that we spoke last week. And this morning, I just want to structure my sermon like this. As we title the sermon as homosexuality, what is right with it? Sorry, heterosexuality, what is right with it? And this is how we are going to structure. We are going to talk a little bit about the difference between homosexuality and heterosexuality. And we are going to talk about the current issues in the world of heterosexuality. You know, this is going to open up a whole new scenario, a whole new area in your life. Probably you would have never thought, you would have never heard, you would have never read and understood. Heterosexuality, what are the current issues that we see in this world today? Number one, prostitution. Number two, human trafficking. Number three, pornography. Abortion, sex industries, rape and sexual violence. So these are a couple of heterosexual issues. Last week we talked about homosexual issues. We are talking about heterosexual issues that we see around. And then we are going to understand how does relationship get affected? Because our series is, we want to know what are the, you know, what are the causes for our relationship to get affected and how all these things are going to get affect our relationship. Then we are going to find out heterosexual issues within the family. There are two areas. Our parents struggle, our children struggle. Number one, premarital sex. 
and this number two extramarital sex so we are going to talk about these two heterosexual issues the families are dealing with and finally we are trying to find out what is right in the heterosexual issues if there are so many issues happening around heterosexuality then what is right what the scripture says that's what we are going to conclude for young children what is advice from the word of god and for married adults what is the advice of the word of god so let's get started right away homosexuality versus heterosexuality homosexuality is a sexual behavior between persons of the same sex or gender but heterosexuality it is a sexual behavior of two persons who are of the opposite sex or gender so generally a common term that is used for heterosexual is straight so straight means it refers to somebody who is heterosexual a man having an affinity man having an inclination towards a woman that's what is a heterosexual so all of our families as husband and wife we are talking about heterosexuality there heterosexuality is good that's what god created but today the enemy has twisted it we are going to understand about it last week we understood what is wrong with homosexuality according to the bible So today we are going to find out what is really right with heterosexuality. Remember the sexual in- instinct is a god-given ability to build the institution of marriage in the garden of Eden. When God created Adam and Eve, even though they sinned, God did not take that inclination. God did not take that instinct from Adam and Eve so that they could be together. So God gave that instinct in our lives for the institution of marriage and to produce offspring and to produce the generation. So this God-given heterosexuality or the sexual instinct today it is totally controlled by the prince of the power of the air. Who's that? Satan, the devil. because he is the ruler of this earth according to the word of god not god if you say that god is ruling this earth you are wrong today who is the ruler of this earth satan god has ultimate control and satan is given a time to take control over this life this earth so he is the prince of the air so the prince of the air he took the precious homosexuality instinct that god put in our minds and thoughts and he is using it for his own benefit and he is very aggressive out there and he is using it very aggressively so that he can he is you know gathering people for his kingdom and what is the kingdom of the devil it is eventually the hell so people are just lined up on there they are on queue standing there to get the ticket or to get the pass to go to hell so this morning my question is church are we not concerned about when such things are going around if you want to know what is going around we need to know what is going around if we do not know what is going around you know we may we may think that i am a godly child i don't even open my eyes to see those posters i don't even open my eyes to see those girls who are you know half naked in the streets i don't see them because i am a very godly man 
What can God do with you if you are such a great godly man? God cannot really do anything. You need to see, you need to see what is going on in the downtown. What is going on after 10 o'clock in the downtowns? We need to go and find out what is going on there so that then you can, you know what is going on. You know how to protect your children. Remember, our children are going to come up in this situation, in this scenario. If we don't need, we don't need what they are going through. It is very important this morning. I believe this is the most important topic that we ever discussed. Heterosexuality, what are the current issues in this world? Number one, prostitution. Prostitution is the practice of exchanging sexual services for the benefit of money, at times for food, also for shelter at times. Prostitution is against the law in every state of the United States of America except the state of Nevada. That's where Las Vegas is. In the state of Nevada, prostitution is legal. It's legally allowed, but not in all the other states. They're trying for it, but not yet. In what about in Canada? In Canada, December 2014, Bill C-36. Bill C-36 is the Protection of Communities and Exploited Persons Act. Protection of Communities and Exploited Persons Act, Bill C-36. Received uh, the approval in December 2014, and that became a law. So, according to Bill C-36, listen to this very carefully, which was approved in December 2014, it is currently legal to sell sex, but it is illegal to purchase it. It's confusing for everybody. It is currently legal in Canada to sell sex. But it is illegal to purchase it or communicate with a sex worker about their services in public. So it is illegal. To sell sex by an individual, it is legal. But to purchase, it is illegal. So it means that government is putting that very tight. So it's not very openly allowed. But somebody is willing to buy sex, they need to take the risk of doing it. Okay, it's not very clear to you. It's not very clear for every, anyone, but that is the law. That is the law today, and they are really working on it. And this is the law that is good. Actually, at least we have this law in place right now. Right? Let's take it further. Prostitution is greatest in poor countries, as we know. And the law also says, I just want to add this to the law in Canada. Law also says that you cannot really sell sex in the vicinity where children are around. Means even though you legally you can sell sex, that means you can do it in other places where children are not around. Means where there is a public playground, where there is a school, where there are daycares, such activity cannot happen. It is illegal. Right, so prostitution is flourishing in most of the poor countries morning I just want to you know, give a little more information in this area. Some of you may like it, some of you may not like it, but you need to know. There are different types of prostitution happening in this world. Number one, call girls. So these girls are called by men over phone and they fix up a date and appointment to receive the sexual service provided by these call girls. There is another category, there is a middle category in the prostitution 
Those girls are employed by an employer, maybe in massage parlors or brothels. And most of the time, they are working under PIMS. PIMS are the managers, P-A-M-P-S. They are the managers. They control these girls. You know, they get appointments from clients for these girls. They gain money out of it. So that's another type of prostitution that is happening. It happens in massage parlors, right? So massage parlors are different from therapeutic massage. You should know it. Therapeutic massage is clinical, medical, and it is supported by, it is covered by most of the insurance, but not massage parlors. So that's where the sin happens. Massage parlors and brothels, and they're also governed by, organized, managed by PIMS. Now, at the bottom of the list, comes across the street walkers. So these are the girls walking around the streets. We don't see them here, not much, but we see them in Thailand. We see them in Vietnam. We see them in other places where CVC, you know, these girls walking in the streets and pulling all the men's by hand because they may get their service. They may be, you know, you know they, may, they may get money out of it. So there are various types of prostitution happening. Listen to this. Worldwide statistics says there is an estimate of 40 to 42 million, 40 to 42 million prostitutes in this world. Can you imagine? 40 to 42 million prostitutes living in this world. So this morning we are talking about the downside of heterosexuality. What is leading to all these sins? The God-given instinct of sex, heterosexual instinct that was given by God. Today the enemy is twisting it and he is making, it, making use of it for his benefit. Let's take it further. Second aspect is human trafficking. Human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal industry across the world. Statistics again says more than 20 million people live today around the world. They have been trafficked. For either for sexual exploitation or for labor, forced labor, or for other activities across the world. 20 million living people are living, those who are trafficked by somebody. They are not living in their own home. They are finding it so comfortable living away from home and involving in such an evil activity. Now, unlike the sex workers, they chose choose their trade. The prostitutes, they choose their trade to be a prostitute. But now these human trafficked individuals, they did not select this trade, but they have become a victim and they are forced into sexual exploitation. I have heard many testimonies. I have heard many life experiences of these girls, what they go through there. Now it is estimated that, you know, trafficked girl, listen to this, working daily, probably I believe they work 20, 21 days a month, it's around 255 days uh, a year. If these girls work 255 days in a year, their yearly income goes up to $280,000. That simply means one day they gain 1,000 plus dollars they get. So in order to get 1,000 plus dollars, they need to treat 10 to 20 clients, these young girls. So we are talking about such an evil activity, such a criminal activity where these little girls are forced into. We are talking about human trafficking. Young teenage high school girls, starting at the age of 13, they are targeted into this. The traffickers, you know, this is how they approach the whole issue. And as parents, as children, we need to be aware what is happening around us. The traffickers, you know, makes it very appealing. 
They approach these girls and they make these girls feel so, so special. The way they talk to them, they make these girls to believe them. Probably he's a good partner for my life at the age of 13 during the teenage. That's the thinking that's going around in the mind of these girls. And they, you know, that's how they approach. They buy, buy expensive gifts to them and they take them around for shopping and they feel it's all good. It's all good. And eventually they will be trafficked. They will say one fine morning, I'm going on a trip to Nevada. You want to come with me? Yes, why not? Let's go. They go there and they meet an unknown person there. They are sold to that person. Be careful with your children. We need to know where they are. Be careful when a stranger comes and talks to you. We are talking about the downside of heterosexuality, human trafficking. Number three, pornography. Pornography really shows, I want to say, the brutal attitude of men towards women and children. That's what we see there in pornography. It's very brutal. Statistics says, this is what it says, the most popular day of the week for people to view pornography, which day, guess? Which day? Sunday. The most viewed pornography is on Sunday. Don't sit at home on Sunday. Come to church. If I sit at home, I get tempted. Come to church. Come to the presence of God. We need to be around. Listen to this. 20 of men, 20% of men, they admit watching pornography in workplaces. 13% of women, listen to this, watching pornography in workplaces. 20% of men, they work, watch porn in workplaces. 13% of women, they watch porn in workplaces. We are talking about in workplace. Listen to this, the average child, average age of a child at which it first gets exposed to pornography is 11. Average age. That means they start, some of the children start way below at the age of five, at the age of six, or somebody maybe at the age of end of their teen. That's the time they get first exposed to pornography. Average age is, age is 11, that is dangerous. That means even at this little age, they are exposed to pornography. We need to know what our children watch in the internet when we are away. Do you have a child lock mechanism so that they, they don't accidentally step into on the day an young girl was sharing with me, she's telling that I'm not really want to watch that, I'm not trying to do that, but when I want to check my mail, I see whole thing coming up on the you know, right panel. I don't understand really what they are. I don't know what they are. And it helps me, it makes me to step into those unknown areas because I'm curious. Your children are curious. They are just four years old. They are curious sexually because it is a God-put instinct in their hearts. They know. The moment they are born, they know it. 25% of the search engines, the requests are pornography related. 
That means there are 68 million requests every day in the search engines. It goes through the search engines like Google to watch porn. The worldwide porn industry is worth a $4.9 billion industry. And United States alone have the share of $2.4 billion in the porn industry. You're not talking about the prostitution, not other things. You're talking about purely the porn in the internet. $2.4 billion. Overall, it's $4.9 billion industry in the world wide. 12% of the websites on the internet are pornography. I think it's more. More than 12% of the websites in the internet is pornography related. That means there are 25 million sites there dealing with pornography. And you know what? Very sad part of it is child pornography and child prostitution are gaining more attention because if you put a child porn, it can be sold for a very high price. There are people willing to look at child porn, so it is it can be it is a very good income for you know those providers. So they are good looking for opportunity to exploit children. So child pornography and child prostitution are gaining more attention nowadays, which also involves sexual abuse of babies and toddlers. We are talking about the downside of heterosexuality. Let's take it further, abortion. Look at the sexual exploitation industries. You know, they really exploit bodies of women and girls to men. But the abortion industry is right there waiting that to happen. So when women are exploited by men, and the abortion industry is just waiting patiently to destroy the unwanted sons and doctor, daughters of those victims and those rapers. So look at this, you know, sexual industry, where that is going, sexual exploitation is going one side and followed by the abortion. You know, we are living in a very bad time. If you look at these statistics, really we cry. You know, sometimes what happens? They can take these body parts of these daughters and sons of the unwanted relationship and they can sell these parts. That's another industry coming parallel with the abortion industry. You know, this abortion industry is claiming lives around. Statistics says there are almost 42 million preborn children every year. 42 million preborn children every year are aborted. Think about it. We don't know what phase they were in in the pregnancy. But that's what is happening. That's what is happening. One side we are crying out to God, Lord, bless me with a child. The other side we see such atrocities happening all around the world. You know, God wants us to know. God wants us to see what is going on. Let's talk about our country, Canada. Basically, Canada has no abortion laws. In Canada, a woman can have an abortion at any stage during her pregnancy. Up until the moment she's about to deliver a baby. That's the law in Canada. And there you don't need to have a reason for having an abortion. You can just go for an abortion. Just pay the fee. $800 in Nova Scotia. In New Brunswick. Basically, Canada has no abortion law. 
And you know what? Canada is the only democratic country in the world to have absolutely no restriction for abortion. Probably next to China and North Korea. Along with those countries, Canada is one among the nations. Not, not only it's just completely legal all, through all the nine months of pregnancy. Listen to this. But abortion is also paid by our tax dollars. Abortion is covered by Ontario Health Insurance Plan, OHIP. Abortion is covered in their health plan. Not sure about other provinces. Even though it is a law in the nation, there are provinces they are holding on to it. It may not be uniform across the land. For example, in PEI, a couple of years back, you cannot do abortion, even though it's law of the land. And people from here, they used to come to Fredericton or they used to come to Halifax to get that done. But now, it's free. They can do it. They have in Summerside. They have in other places. Right? Now listen to this, some of the statistics of the Canadian abortion statistics. There are 300 abortions per day in Canada. 300 abortions per day in Canada. That means one in four pregnancy ends in abortion. Annually, there are 100,000 abortions in Canada. Every year, there are 100,000 unborn babies are aborted. For most of the time, for no reason. So this morning, we are talking about the downside of the heterosexuality. What about flourishing section, sex industries? Listen to this. There, are, there is proliferation of sexual industries everywhere. There are sexual novelties. novelties. They are attracting every individual today to come and peep into those industries to know what is going on in those industries. Listen to this. The percentage of the countries where sex, sex industries are operating legally it's fully legal to operate worldwide. There are 49% of nations where sex industries can legally operate. Almost 50% of countries, sex industries can legally operate. Any corner of the street, you can walk into any time and get served by those girls. It is fully illegal in 39% of the land. It is limited legality, partially illegal and illegal in 12% of the nations across the globe. We are talking about a massive attack that is happening and that is coming upon humanity. That means brothels are running legally in many cities across the world. You know, PIMS are operating on their own business of arranging clients for these prostitutes. You know, there are strip clubs in every corner. And if you go to the United States, you know, you'll see most of the cities, you'll see strip clubs at, at the corners. And in Canada, you know, you come across escort services that is happening everywhere. In spite of all this law being there, because there is only one loophole, it says this, it is legal to sell sex, but it is not legal to buy sex. But people work around in this loophole and make all this happening. There are pimps and there are prostitutions and there are strip clubs and there are, you know, escort services that are operating day and night, including in Halifax. Just to get an idea how big this industry is, according to the statistics, worldwide there is an estimate of 40 to 42, sorry, 42, 42 million prostitutes, as I said earlier. 80% of the world population 
of prostitutes are female between the age of 13 and 25. 80 percentage of that 40 to 42 million prostitutes are female between the age of 13 and 25. 90 percentage of all the prostitutes are dependent on pimp. That is, he's working, they are working under a manager. There are, there is an, you know, listen to this, there's an estimate that says that one to two million prostitutes are there in the United States. A godly nation founded on the principles of God. There are one to two million prostitutes in that nation. Can you imagine the amount of sin that is happening in the land? God did not design those things. So we are talking about heterosexuality that is affecting our family relationship. Let's talk a little more. What about rape and sexual violence? You know, rape is not really a voluntary involvement in the sexual activity, but it is a forced act of violence, mostly towards women. Sexual violence is affecting, sexual abuse is affecting millions of Americans today, millions of Canadians and millions across the world. Statistics says every 98 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. Every 98 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. Most of the time it's in girls and women. On an average, there are 321,000 victims 321,000 victims, they are of the age group from 12 and older. They are raped or they are sexually assaulted every year in the United States. 321,000 and plus. The age, they say the high risk age is age between 12 and 34. So that's a high risk age where people are getting assaulted sexually. You know, you need to understand this too. There is a prominent sexual abuse that is happening across the world. It's called incest. Incest is a prominent sexual abuse happening across the world. That means sexual assault by a family member. You don't need to know it outside, but it happens within families. Either by parents or by siblings. So it's called incest. That is a, you know, that's, that affects many lives today. Now this morning, let's put all this together that we talked about. We, let's try to understand how all these things are going to affect the relationship. Because our objective is mainly to talk about how it is affecting the relationship. L listen to this, number one. The family relationship is affected due to all the mentioned avenues that we mentioned just now. Prostitution, pornography, abortion, and various sex industries. All those areas are making men to sin. You know, many of the houses, the men is out there, but we don't know where the men is going. You know, we need to know it because it's, it's happening. We may not be into it, but there are people. They are living next door. They are into it. So when men goes out and comes back, the woman is not happy about it. It affects this relationship. The God-given relationship of marriage is affected. You know, today, this morning, as we talk this, talk about this, this is very, very important because it is just happening at the doorstep. Any moment it can affect our family. Any moment it can affect our dear one, our friends, 
Number two, how it gets affected is when children under the age of, think about it, when children, children are the majority component in this whole thing. When children under the age of 25, they get into, they get involved in all these areas. Think about the relationship between the parents and such children. Children, parents are struggling. Relationship is broken. Thirdly, when someone is sexually abused, when someone is sexually assaulted, it makes severe emotional damage in their lives. We come across such people often. And they have a testimony to say. We have a testimony to say. We hear testimony saying that they may be built, saying that at the end of their life, at a very old age, they may say, because they may be preachers, they may be ministers of God, they may say, in once in three months, 30 times, 40 times, I was abused by my father. I hear testimonies from well-known preachers today. They say it because they want us to know that's happening around. So it affects our relationship today. The family relationship is broken. Now let's, let's take our word of God, the word of God, God-given Bible, and try to understand this topic, heterosexual issues, Within the family, how do we deal with it? There are two aspects we want to talk about. Number one, premarital sex. And number two, extramarital sex. Let's talk a little bit about premarital sex. Sexual relationship before marriage. Especially I want young children to listen to this. Sexual relationship before marriage. Premarital sex. Not many churches talk about it today. We want to read from Matthew chapter 19 verses 4 and 5. Matthew 19, 4 and 5. I can read it for you. Listen to this. Jesus spoke these scriptures. Matthew 19, 4 and 5. And as he was speaking, he was quoting from Genesis 2, 24. And this is what Jesus said. And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, and this is what God said, man shall leave his father's house, and father and mother, and join, be, be joined with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. But this morning, this scripture is speaking to me in a different way. Now, in this passage, the scripture is clearly telling it is clearly stating that sex is for marriage and marriage is for sex. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. That means sex is for marriage and marriage is for sex. There is another aspect to it. That means sex is not just a casual recreation or entertainment. It is not just a joyful or pleasurable, pleasurable way of exchanging mutual love. It's a question of two people becoming one flesh. 
in a marriage relationship how that happens that happens through the god-given instinct called sex two people individuals they become one flesh so that was the design of marriage so sex is not really for pleasures not really to be enjoyed with anyone they who come across on our way it is for marriage let's listen to another scripture hebrews 13 4 we are talking about heterosexual issues within the family premarital sex hebrews 13 4 bible says marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled but fornicators and adulterers god will judge marriage is honorable marriage is precious and when two are getting married we come to the church and there is a marriage ceremony we stand in the presence of God, pray to God so that God may bless the couple. Marriage is honorable. When two are getting married, in whatever fashion, sometimes everybody stand at that moment. Because it is honorable in the sight of God. So scripture says marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. What does it mean? It means God honors marriage and the purity or virginity must be maintained must be preserved until you are you meet your partner in the marriage bed that's what scripture says marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled that means simply means you need to protect you need to preserve your virginity your purity until for that moment of enjoying that with your life partner in that bed the bed is undefiled and fornication fornication is a sexual relationship between two people they are not married and that's a term which is also used to refer to premarital sex fornication and God says fornicators and adulterers God will judge you know that's the reason there are hundreds and thousands and millions are going into hell broader is the way that takes you to the destruction people don't listen to this and that's what God says. Let's read one more scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. Do you not know that the unrighteousness, unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, people who are doing illegal things will inherit the kingdom of God fornicators if you have sexual relationship somebody with somebody who is not our life partner you are a fornicator so you know what marriage is the only place God honors sexual relationship between man and woman you know that's the reason I believe God has not created as an animal as as an animal animal have you seen it doesn't really bother what environment the animal is you know, today, devil is putting the thought that, you know, he, and he is turning the eyes and mind of men to behave like animals. Now, God wants us to be careful in these areas. Sexual relationship out of the, outside the marriage results in great penalty of losing your life, living in the eternal hell forever and ever. Let's take it further this morning before we close. Let's talk a little bit about extramarital sex. We talked about premarital sex. Listen to this. Little more, few more minutes. Extramarital sex. Sexual relationship outside marriage. 
for all of us for all our parents all the adults adults we need to listen to this one of the 10 commandments what god spoke very interesting listen to this exodus chapter 20 verse 17 i read it read from here you shall not covet your neighbor's house god did not stop there god also said you shall not covet your neighbor's wife things that do not belong to us you know obviously there is an inclination within our hearts to look for and we are talking about extramarital sex sexual relationship outside marriage and word of God says that's not right you need to be with the wife that God has given to you let's read those scriptures extramarital affair at times you know make us guilty scripture says in proverbs chapter 6 27 and 29 proverbs chapter 6 27 29 listen to this can a man take fire to his bosom and his cloths not be burnt can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared so is he who goes into his neighbor's wife whoever touches her shall not be innocent that means you gain a guilt on yourself if you do something such as an extramarital affair you know sometimes people say that no no no, that's okay because that's okay nobody sees nothing wrong i'm not hurting anybody everybody's okay with it that's where scripture says can you keep coal burning coal in your hand and say that no no, no i'm not feeling any heat at all that's okay is it possible no in the same way those who touch her scripture says shall not be innocent that means there's a guilt that comes in our lives we are talking about extramarital sex listen listen to this what paul says paul's talking about having one wife this is the reason probably he put that this way first Corinthians 7 2 he says paul says in first Corinthians 7 2 nevertheless because of sexual immorality let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband sometimes people think that lord if that scripture is not there in the bible you know what what a joy that will be but you know what god put that scripture for us i believe first corinthians 7 2 nevertheless because of sexual immorality let each man have how many wives how many what one just one just one wife how many husbands one husband word of god is very clear very precise you're talking about extramarital sexuality okay now what is right heterosexual relationship with this we are going to close what is right you know as we know family relationship is under attack today and all those things that we are talking about the heterosexual things that are happening around us they are affecting our family there are so many complex issues that we see even in heteromarital sexual heterosexual sexuality but then what is right what can i do number one for young children you know paul is writing who are not married and listen to this i believe there are many of them many of you who are not married listen to this paul is saying first flee sexual immorality can you repeat that after me flee that means what flee means what just run away just take off just run away flee listen to the repeat this after me flee and children come on flee flee sexual immorality you know that's what scripture says not even stand there just run 
The moment you think that you are falling into something, protect your life. Your life is kept to be blessed. Wait for that time. Hold on. It is difficult. Just hold on. Don't jump into it. That's not the plan of God. Just wait. Just wait. Sometimes you feel like trying it out. Don't try. Once you try it, you fall into it. Do not try. That's the reason Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20, flee sexual immorality like Joseph did. Joseph was in Potiphar's palace. Potiphar's wife came and she was enticing Joseph. Joseph was trying to run away from the scene because he knew if he was standing there, probably he's going to get into trouble. So flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Listen, verse 19, 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know your body is the temple of God? Temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? In which context this is told? This is told in the context of sexual immorality. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God and you are not your own for you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. You're talking to young children now. Secondly, flee from sexual immorality. Secondly, keep your life clean until you meet your partner in marriage. As we read from Hebrews 13.4 Marriage is honorable among all and the bed is undefiled. Try to keep your clean life. The God-given person is going to really like you, love you. Number three, don't allow anyone to look down on your youth. Paul is writing to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let no one despise your youth. Let no one say so many things about your youth. Preserve your youth. But be an example to the believers in word, in contact, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Try to live an example. There are fellow students, there are you know, fellow friends. Do you be an example for them? Teach them good things. Teach them when they need to keep away, they do not know, but you can teach them to keep away from such things. We're talking about young children right now. What is right? You need to escape judgment. Because God is saying in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in all the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all this God will bring you into judgment. There is a judgment that is coming on our way. And God is going to judge us in everything that we do in this body because this is the temple of God. This is the temple of God. We spoke to young children on what to do. Now let's speak to married adults. What is right in heterosexuality? For marriage relations to be strengthened, Bible recommends this following. Listen to this very carefully. Number one, we are going to read the scriptures. Bible is asking us to be content and satisfied with the God-given wife. Listen to this. Bible is asking us to be satisfied he may not have, she may not have enough health. She may not look so good. She may not be well talented the way you expected. But she's a God-given woman to your life and my life. And word of God is asking us to be satisfied with this. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5. 
verses 15 to 19 very important scriptures you need to read this men has to men have to read this proverb chapter 5 verses 15 let's read drink water from your own cistern you have your own cup you want to you are trying to drink from others cup <coughs> that's what children try to do in the daycare if somebody leaves their cup carelessly the others will go and pick that and they want to drink in that but we are adults scripture is very clear drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well should your fountains be dispersed abroad streams of water in the streets understood listen read and understand these scriptures verse 17 let them be only your own and not for strangers with you this is another area which we are not spoken this is happening what verses 16 and 17 there is a very bad thing that is happening among families that's called swapping i don't know whether you know about it at the weekend they want to swap the partners two families they join together and they want to swap the partners what of god talks about it don't do it should your fountain be dispersed abroad streams of water in the streets let them be only your own and not for strangers with you verse 18 let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving dear and a graceful dove let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be entrapped enraptured see the word the, the, the terms used in KJV enraptured with her love you know God wants us to develop that within us she may not be a godly woman she may not like Jesus she may not you know cooperate with you in anything but she's a God-given woman in your life and God is expecting you to just stick on to her God expects you to delight in her love delight in her beauty and she's the only one you can be delighted that's the advice counsel that's the right thing to do in the heterosexual relationship according to the word of god let's read another scripture scripture is also asking us to love and respect you know most of the time we are familiar with this let's read that again ephesians chapter 5 verses 25 and 27 husbands love your wives just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church and we know the relationship the husband wife relationship is compared with christ and church relationship so god wants us to read verse 33 of ephesians 5 nevertheless let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband loving and giving respect that's the order of family you know when your wife knows that you are loving her so much there is nothing like the her nothing like that for her she'll be willing to cooperate with you in everything all that she expects from you is love and what a husband expects from you according to verse 33 Ephesians 5 respect respect when he says something listen to it when he is asking you to do something listen to it just Jobin is smiling he's happy now respect respect your husband you know when we respect them they're happy to live with you they're not willing to go away from you they need you need that respect from your wife that's what scripture says 
Let's move for the Philippians. Let's go to Philippians 2, 3, and 4. I have two more scriptures to read, then we'll close. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Know what she likes. Know what he likes. Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. In many houses, the women will not have an opportunity to say anything. The women will not have any opportunity to share their likeness. Men will dominate. And most of the time, what happens is eventually men's. In some other families, the man has no say. Women, whatever she wants to achieve, she will get that done. If not through her husband, through somebody else. You know, she's very clever. And verse, word of God says, let's look at their interest. We need to take time and talk to them and say, what do you think I should do? What do you like? You know, let's, let's, let's bring that relationship back in our families if we think that they are lost in some areas. And I believe this morning God is speaking to us too. Relationship is so important. There is one, may, one more way marriage relationship can be built. We need to prioritize our relationship. Sometimes I struggle, we struggle, all of us struggle. You know, what is your priority? For a child of God, I believe this is a priority. First priority is God. Listen to this. First priority is God. Morning you get up, pray to Him. Read the word. Do your daily duties. And do your diligence to God. And please Him. Please God. Then you are in a good way by living a good life. First priority. Number two priority, your spouse. Your spouse. Your spouse. That's the priority. That's the order. Number three, your children and parents. Child doesn't come between you and your spouse. Children, number two, number three priority. God, your spouse, and then your children are your parents. So parents and children, then they cannot come. You know, when me and Joy, we, we, me and my wife, they are talking, now Dan knows he's not supposed to come in between. He'll keep away. That's how it should be. Because they cannot come in between. Because this is the primary relationship next to God. Then children, discipline your children accordingly. When me and mom, we are talking, you should not come in between. You need to wait. Discipline them. Priority is God, spouse, children and parents. Same way parents cannot interfere. What need, decision you need to make? You need to decide you both, not your parent. Clear, very clear. Number four, your career. Number four is your career. Number five, others. You know, some of the husbands, they're very good helping the whole world. But they don't, they don't do anything at home. We keep hearing many complaints like this. Not from you. Right? So they're good for everybody, but not to their own spouse. Many wives, we need to take care. Because when there is so much is going on outside, if you don't really work on your relationship, family will get shattered. And this morning, I think this is what God is speaking to you. Just to summarize, 
There are so many heterosexual relationships are pulling forces in this world today. Prostitution, human, tra human trafficking, pornography, abortion, sex industries, and sexual abuse and violence and all those things are happening today. They are not the relationship that God expected. Yielding to such forces really affect our family. And God wants us to take care. Families struggle with premarital sexual issues and extramarital sexual issues. And God has given us wisdom how to handle those areas. Scripture clearly defines the boundaries bar for both unmarried and for the married. And violating these boundaries certainly will result in judgment that is about to come upon the land. You know, God is making we making all of us accountable in many areas of our life. And this morning, our family is the most important unit. Shall we close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.